I heard you got a new mouse. I got a new mouse. Have you have you ever heard of the Razer Naga Pro? No, I haven't. I've heard of the the regular Naga. I had one at one point, like a million years ago. Removable side plates. Ooh. Uh, For the people that can't see, Tim just broke his mouse in half. Broke it in half. Snapped it open. Do Do you need twelve buttons? Well, hold hold on just a second, buddy, because. Are you swapping out button plates? Twelve buttons. Oh wait, what's that? You need six buttons. Oh like, well, just hold on, young lad. Going back to an MMO mouse would be no. Let me great. just. This is... Oh, six buttons. How about that? Wow. <laughs> that seems so unnecessary. It was a hundred dollars. I mean, this is That's this is good. the kind of thing that exists because they make another product that has those, and they're like, "What if we just convince people to buy a new mouse, and we just throw this yes. in here because we can?" Felt compelled to know. buy something for for uh, Black Friday, so yeah. That's my Did little. Did you spend a hundred dollars on Black Friday for it? Yeah, that was that's the, the, that's the how sale much price. The, how much is the original? Ooh, let me just double check. It's a gamer check. mouse, uh, so expensive. I'm gonna take a wild swing at 149 usd oh my god oh, yeah, it's geez. a third off yeah but the buttons you know we've reached a point in time where you could get like a one terabyte solid state hard drive for cheaper than that mouse just buttons. saying yeah but can you swap the <laughs> and it lights up can you swap the side plate of that ssd to have 12 buttons on it yeah, that's no, right. you can't. You're right. Is it, a, is it an MMO there. SSD? Hmm? No. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Have you used it much? I, I actually kind of got it in, in anticipation of um, Final Fantasy uh, 14 and Walker. Wow. That's exciting. I'm so you haven't really it. tried it yet. I'm hoping it works out for you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, me too. This is like, it's like a whole new physicality to learn with like. 12 buttons on your on the left side of your mouse um the non-pro naga which just had the fixed like 12 button numpad and that was useful because my keyboard at the time was a 10 keyless so i didn't have a number pad so it just kind of moved you'll never catch me onto the mouse so (laughs) with a 10 keyless never uh I remember uh, Digi had a gamer half a keyboard and they didn't want it anymore. And I think I had it for like a day to try it out because I thought it was hilarious. It, it's like just the WASD and like that oh, like yeah, column it's of the keys. weird little like wrist rest <laughs> with like 12 keys on it. Yeah. And um, I think they got it originally for. Um, Wait, like the Razor Tartarus? Probably. Hold on. Let me just. Are we sponsored by Razer? I mean, we... Uh, that's the goal. If Wes was here, I guess we would be. Uh, if he gave us, like, $5. My, uh, uh, yes, it exa- yeah, I looked it up. Thing. It is exactly that. that a, thing it is, looks like a fucking nightmare. It, <laughs> it is absurd looking. I kind of want um, it. it. I couldn't get used to it. And I'm so, like, uh, stuck in my ways. I don't know if I could... Um, switch it up to something as fancy as 12 
12 buttons on the side of my mouse. I have three, no, I have two buttons on the side of my mouse, and that's it, perfect. That is the correct it, number of it's mouse like, buttons. If you're playing, you know, it's something that takes you a minute, well, more than a minute, to, like, get used to and, like, really, you have to kind of dedicate yourself to be like, I'm going to actually use all the buttons, or at least, like, more than two, right? <laughs> Gotta map them all at the very least. I'm just hoping that like there's still some plasticity in this brain to uh, to learn <laughs> this new skill. Have you uh, tried to put that to the test before and learn how to play Final Fantasy XIV with a controller? Because I no. tried that. No, My brain not. broke immediately <laughs> trying I... to play that on an Xbox controller. I've done that with fishing because you can set the... Uh, in cases where like you don't need to do anything fancy, you just need to cast and reel in, you can set FF14 to be like, accept, please accept controller inputs in the background, and then you literally uh, alt-tab out, and just like, I'd hit right trigger A, the controller would eventually vibrate, I'd hit A to catch the fish, and then I'd hit right <laughs> trigger A and just hold a controller and watch Netflix and for an hour and just catch fish. Perfect. <laughs> how the game was meant to be played um well i'm excited for you and your mouse tim i hope that you have a very special time together in in thank eorzea you. thank you um i for my quick how's it going story uh i was trying to play shin megami tensei 5 as much as i could and my girlfriend also wants to play animal crossing because there's a bunch of animal crossing updates it's true my fiance wanted to play animal crossing <laughs> and so the, the the i was trying to figure out how could i play my game at the same time i know we could just get another switch we both have money switches aren't that expensive maybe i should look for that switch odr even though i had originally no intention OLED? of ever getting oled sorry that's what i meant i don't know why i, I was, was looking at that and i'm like the fuck are you talking about something i don't know about the oled and uh yeah, I was trying to find them online and they are impossible to find. And I was like, fine, whatever, look at the normal switches. There's like no normal switches either. I, I feel bad for parents and anyone that's like needs to do Christmas shopping and needs to find consoles. PS5 was a huge pain in the butt to find. There's no Xbox S's and now there's like no switches. The only thing out there I saw was switch lights. I think there's still switch lights out there because no one really likes them in there. And they're non-dockable things. Oh, yeah, and the weird Zelda Game & Watch, like, no one bought that. There's, like, hundreds of them. Oh, yeah, those things, there's, there's, like, literally hundreds. I saw somebody on the, I think it was on the Giant Bomb Discord, they posted, they were at, like, a pawn shop. And they were, they saw, like, hey, should I buy this Xbox, uh, what was the previous generation called? They weren't the series. The, they were just the, the one? The one. Oh, the one, yeah. yeah. He's like, should I buy this Xbox Because it's Xbox the only one, one you need. Should I buy this Xbox One S at the pawn shop? And it was labeled with a barcode Xbox One S, but in the bag was very clearly an Xbox Series S. And they had just like mislabeled uh, it. Weird. And I hope whoever that person was like bought that thing because that would be a great story. I, I found mine basically S. new mislabeled at a pawn shop. See, that's the thing is it's like at the point where it's like, oh, maybe I'll grab one of these consoles on a whim, but you can't. They're, no, they're, they don't exist. You have to put concerted effort into tracking these down and hunting them and killing them. I mean, <laughs> buying them. From the wild that they came from. Will the chip shortage ever end? Probably not. Um, 
that's my how's it going. This story wasn't as funny as I <laughs> thought it could be in my head. The moral is, uh, don't try and play Shin Megami Tensei Five when your fiance is trying to play Animal Crossing. A story we no, can all. That, you don't learn want from. you don't want demons. In that's the not Animal specific Crossing. at all. <laughs> they just don't have tools there to deal with them. Yeah, Daniel have anything? No, Daniel I just did not write anything. My, my, my I didn't write anything because like I bought a stream deck on Black Friday. Isn't a super exciting story. That's kind of exciting. You, you, you can you can I do mean, we can do something with that. Like, what do you want to use mean, it for? I don't know. Did like, you set right it up now, yet? I mean, I've got my OBS stuff set up. And if like, you had the stream deck soundboard set up, you'd be like big money, like. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of that earlier, and I was like, you know, we could do some do uh, morning zoo shit. I've yeah, mostly yeah. <laughs> used it. There's like a plugin for just speedtest.com, so I just push a button, and then it updates the icon with like your speed test results and the time it was last run. So I just hit that at random during the day now <laughs> for no real reason. Yeah, that's that's the kind of like um, that's the kind of silly shit that I I kind of wanted it for because I was so apprehensive of, of getting one. That I, it was just like, am I even gonna use this? But uh, like, yeah, I figured like I'm gonna use it enough. But it was always the case where like here in Canada, the basic one is like 200 Canadian dollars, which is like way too much money to spend on a stream deck. Uh, but for Black Friday at Best Buy of all places, they were 70 dollars off the uh, originals. So I'm like, yeah, that's that 130 dollars is like the price is the correct price for a stream deck. I have I have got it set up so like my like Nvidia overlay for performance and like the flashback recording are just buttons so I never have to worry about those hotkeys again. Got all my OBS scene switching stuff and recording and streaming things and audio sources in here all set up. Those are cool because they're all like official plugins, so they use an API so you can just execute functions. Uh, I have a bunch of stuff on your desk. Kind of wish I bought one. Very now. big. It's like smaller than a. It's smaller than an Xbox controller, like across. Oh wow, that's wicked small. It's, I thought it was uh, like a honking keyboard thing. It is very thing. slightly smaller than a six-button Genesis controller. Oh my god, I really thought it was like the size of half a keyboard. There, are, there's an of? XL one that has thirty-two buttons. This is just the standard one that is fifteen. I see. The XL huh. is big. It's neat. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like something that's fun to dick around with or toy with, and it, whatever. It's, it's weird to have it as, like, almost a desktop icon replacement. Because, like, oh, I'm launching FF14. Here's all the stuff I want to launch alongside it in a folder on my stream deck. And I can just go boop, 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 boop. You can, you know. If the buttons have LEDs on them, too. Or yeah, they're, they're little LCD they screens. Are. They're great. You could display your macro icons on the deck itself. That's true. Like oh, I, man. you know, it, that would just be a, a command. Could you, could you turn it into your skill bar? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you totally could. It would That'd just be, be you know, cool. hotkeys. It would be like you'd have a button here that was one, and just pushed one. Yeah, exactly. But it would look cool. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you could. Uh, yeah, you can set custom icons. You can set gifts as the icons if you're a crazy person. Hmm out of that too you could split like shrek or the b movie up into a f like five by three grid of gifts and just have it playing all the time if you is that what insanity looks like <laughs> it's being probably, haunted it's someone, I, what I guarantee sick you someone fuck would do internet, that i guarantee <laughs> you someone on the, on the internet has done that psycho it's the whole movie b movie but every time they say the word b it takes over another key on your switch deck <laughs> on your <laughs> stream deck <laughs> 
god. Welcome back to the exciting world of video games. Games, games, games. Okay. Where we're here to talk about what's on the horizon. What is the industry talking about today? And also, what have we played recently? That's very fun stuff. I'm joined today by the wonderful Tim and the extraordinary Daniel. So how is it going with you guys today? Are you ready for game discussion? So ready for video gamings? I cannot wait to video games. That's that's the spirit. What's video games? what is video games no let's 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 video games let us oh okay i was gonna say if we have to take it back a bit it's webster's dictionary defines video space games as (laughs) (laughs) um so let's just jump into it uh so there's a blurb here that halo infinite is coming out soon Uh, apparently there isn't a lot of games coming out or at least there hasn't been no big announcements i was looking up when the next big announcement like set of things will be and that will probably be the game awards which i'm not looking forward to because every time i watch the game awards i just get mad at all the games that won awards that shouldn't have won awards um but supposedly there's going to be a lot more announcements there in the meantime the game that's coming out very soon is halo infinite so that's the pretty cool specifically specifically the campaign half of that game which is the part that i'm interested oh because the multiplayer came out yes yeah multiplayer is out in quote unquote beta beta like a couple weeks ago yeah we talked about it a couple weeks ago didn't we like a week after battlefield (laughs) yeah is that still going strong do you guys play that at all yeah battlefield or halo No, the Halo multiplayer is it still have uh, people playing it? Yeah, uh, I've, been, I've been playing, playing it, it. Um, pretty regularly. Exciting I, times. I've you know, <laughs> if I have a large enough group of friends playing Halo, I've enjoyed Halo. It's never been a game I hop in on my own. Tim is our resident Halo uh, sweaty tryhard. I am. Uh, I'm a. I'm a sweaty Halo boy. I'm a sweaty JRPG boy. But right now, I'm. I'm a sweaty Halo man. Yeah, more Halo than man. Some his, would say. Uh, his suit <laughs> is recycling his sweat into drinkable water. <laughs> uh, which is why he's so full of salt. <laughs> my ha- my Halo uh, themed still suit. Uh, so with the narrative coming out, uh, that's exciting. Um. Are you guys looking forward to it? Are you, are you big fans of the story or is it the multiplayer that's like the main draw anyway? I'm I'm the weirdo that plays Halo for the articles. <laughs> yeah, I, re- I play <laughs> Halo for the articles. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Like I like guys. unironically love how incredibly stupid and blunt the Halo plot is just because like it plays well and the shootems are good. And this one is like a weird open world halo. And those have always been the best levels where you just get a big area to drive a vehicle around in. So, yeah, I'm excited. Guys, um, I have to go get her. Can we just, um, I was going to say, you can interrupt us whenever we could just repeat what we said. (laughs) Okay, cool. Just one sec. Okay. Bye. 
I'll miss I'm gonna you. Play, I'm going to sit in the Final Fantasy queue while you're gone. <laughs> See, that's why I uh, I just haven't logged out. Smart. I uh, they they made that very difficult. I am strafing back and forth in front of an Ethernet shard while we... Uh, I actually finished stage four of my fishing relic weapon while we were talking about Halo. Imagine getting a relic weapon for a gatherer. Look, it used to be... I'll talk about this when we talk about Final Fantasy fourteen, But it used to be a pain in the ass, so I never did it. Uh, now it's been almost five levels worth of experience. I've uh, I've still never done any relics because i've done the first part of of many relics i've never finished a relic anything uh because it's just so boring to me (laughs) first stage of uh on another server on my monk my first character i did the relic weapon there Mm. and i have the ninja relic and I think if I go do a hard mode dungeon as my warrior, I'd get the first stage of the warrior relic. But like, I don't know, tanking's weird. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm actually doing tanking this expansion. Um, my raid group, my static, uh, the previous tanks wanted to play DPS instead. And I always <laughs> wanted to try tanking, so I decided to swap with them. I don't mind so I am tanking. It's how just to paladin. Like I've never enjoyed the pacing of dungeon tanking, which is if you're not pulling wall to wall, you're a coward and your group hates you. So I actually enjoy that. Yeah. I've started doing that in my because uh, now that everyone's playing sage. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, the like sages. The, sure the... Uh, the sages have pretty strong healing, um, <laughs> at least for now. But also, Paladin's great to do that because Paladin has so many yeah, like Paladin damage reduction the, abilities. Paladins are invulnerable. Warriors are invulnerable. Gunbreakers are invulnerable. Uh, from what I've heard, Dark Knights are not happy with this fucking initial patch. Yeah, I mean, Dark Knights have always struggled with staying alive anyway because they, re- they rely on like constant healing or something. Um, but Paladin's just have uh they rely on um just a lot of damage mitigation abilities um but particularly they they have this new ability that they added which is great where they change one of the abilities so that the heal that paladins can cast no longer has a cast bar so they can instant no cooldown heal themselves (laughs) like five times in a row which is really exciting so I was enjoying doing that during dungeons. I just run in, aggro bunch, and then heal for like a hundred thousand health. And I was just like, "Yay, <laughs> heal through everything! I'll heal myself. Part you guys do your the, own thing." Like, I don't, especially when leveling a tank. Like, it doesn't. Like, I know intellectually it doesn't matter, but it still feels bad to be like, "I don't remember this dungeon at all, and I don't know how to play this class." So we're gonna do one or two pulls at a time because I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm waiting for people to yell at me, uh, but they yeah, haven't yet. Like, so. Or it's like I'm learning, I'm I'm like relearning which way to go in the dungeon, and I'm also like trying to like figure out like, all right, how do I tank without feeling like I'm gonna die every two seconds? And it's like I don't want to do both of these at once. If we knew a healer, Tim, you make it ramen. Hey, nice. Ooh. I'm glad how'd you made the, it back, uh, Tim. You weren't attacked. Yeah. No. How'd the creepy? Not even a little bit. The creepy voice in the woods. What did he have to say? I didn't hear any creepy noises. I don't know what she's talking about. I think it was a clown. Yeah, okay. She wasn't. 
I think it was a killer clown. I've heard those are all the rage <laughs> as of two years. That was, that was a weird. That was a weird thing that happened like two or three years ago. <laughs> um, all right, so we can jump back to Halo, and the thing we were talking about is that uh, Daniel reads Halo for the articles and does mm-hmm. not like the uh, full page ads. Tim, do you, by contrast, enjoy the multiplayer more in the narrative, or are you mixed? Un- I enjoy both. When I was younger, I read the books. You- <laughs> There's Halo books? There's Halo books. Oh, yeah. There's, There's a lot of Halo cool. books. There's some good Halo books, even. Is it written There's by the really same good... people, or like they just sort no, of... No, they farm no. them commission them out. It's uh, it's it's like a, like a revolving door of authors. Just... Uh, <laughs> writing uh writing different stories for different characters but um yeah i i i've i've liked the story since uh halo uh the first one and uh mm. i i skipped 5 because i didn't have an xbox but apparently that's fine because everybody hated it <laughs> it's a weird one it they, was um, the, the first real twice. like hey we're we're doing a different story now the Covenant shit is over. So they're so off, the, in, the last, they're off in weird new directions. The Halo 5 was uh, 2015, so this has been a six years coming. This is a mm-hmm. long time. Yeah. Okay, interesting. And then uh, there's some other notes here uh, about how... Well, we could talk about the series first of all. So, like, the series is super beloved, obviously, right? A lot of people, anyone that owned an Xbox was super into Halo. I never understood the the, the appeal, unfortunately, because I just, I never had an Xbox. I was never into that scene. Um, but do you think Halo is trying to bank on, like, that nostalgia bait that so many other games, like, there's so many games, we've talked about this on the show, that have not done anything for six years, Halo included. It's like always six years, and now they're doing something now. Is there just some resurgence in the air that are like, oh, wait, all those kids that played Halo, they now have disposable income. Time to make a new one. <laughs> is, is that too cynical, or this is the yeah, right I don't time? Think you're, I don't think you're entirely off base. Yeah. Um, it's a franchise, I think they are... and these days, franchises never die and go away. Yeah. But there's definitely like a like a bigger space for, because I mean Halo differenti- differentiates itself um, with like uh, like a higher time to kill um, and like a bigger weapon sandbox than a lot of like modern shooters compared to like Battlefield or Call of Duty where you die in like two seconds. Right. Um, Halo has always been a little more deliberate um, in like its gameplay and a little more colorful, I think, than a lot of these. Uh, modern shooters um and i think there's space for that now that nobody's really doing that anymore i will say in that space you know i really don't think it's competing against much right like that idea of arena shooting with you know vehicles and and objectives that goes back to unreal tournament and quake right and like there is no game that's really doing that um because like you said call of duty and battlefield are much more about like throwing your body at the objective over and over and over again (laughs) um whereas you know the arena shooters were more 
definitely more, you more have to commit more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, compared to like um, Call of Duty, uh, like it, there's there's a lot more thought you got to put into like how you approach a situation where like Call of Duty is in Battlefield is like it's very like twitchy. It's very reflex focused. Yeah. Yeah. The mm-hmm. they're in like, you know, Halo because of not just the time to kill, but just like the general setup and especially like weapon balance. It's very much like, okay, how am I like, what is my setup before the fight matters more than in most other shooters? We're like, all right, if I've taken a quarter shield damage, I am not going around this corner period <laughs> because I will always lose a one V one close range fight but oh if i have the sniper and this corner is a hall long haul you know it's like you you have a a more a, like a broader decision tree to work through in most cases how, how does this like manifest itself in the single player campaign aspect because a lot of the shooter campaigns recently have been things like far cry and i think we talked a bit about the latest far cry and there was criticisms that like everything is just you get a very powerful sniper rifle you take out enemies from a distance you go in the base you did it right in these games uh which are kind of more return to even the half-lifes or other Maybe Doom is a recent example of a game that does, you know, the the arena shooting campaign well. Do you think Halo is going to try and do something like Halo where it's going to set up mini arenas or is it going to be more like Far Cry? It's going to straddle a line between those two, like, yeah, because it's it's going for like a more open structure. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically taking one of the more famous like open field open area maps from a halo and like just kind of building a whole game around that where you know some of these bases are going to be like outdoor installations and some of them are going to be uh like things you go into and then like you know find a level but in terms of like yeah i'm sure at some point it'll be like yeah use a a vehicle or whatever to clear this from afar but in halo vehicles are you know not they don't heal. <laughs> Your vehicles vehicles don't repair. Uh, you can't really hang on to the sniper rifle forever because unless Halo Infinite has a way of like resupplying your ammo in the field, like you just don't get ammo, right? You pick up a sniper rifle, it's going to have maybe eight shots. Mm. It's all about using stuff as you find it in, in a Doom way in a lot of ways or Doom Eternal, but yeah. slower paced of like, it's time to break out the other gun because it's the one that drops that has ammo right here. Like, I guess for this base, I'm using a mauler and a needler because that's all that's here and beating people to death with pistol whips. Hmm. I mean, that sounds cool. It's still, Uh, and outside of basic enemies, like it's in an elite equivalent enemy is like as durable as the player. It's like a multiplayer yeah, just about. match at that point. So yeah, it's nice. a, Halo single player is a good ass video game. I wonder how long it's going to be too. I feel like the average length of these games have been about eight hours or less with the story modes. Uh, I feel um, like with the, the more open structure, it might, might kick more around like 10. I don't know, did you play Gears 5? That was like 10 to 15. With its no, uh, sort of Gears open world 5. elements. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm I super not. curious to see what this is because it's been 
almost Six it's years. been almost here for like three years now because <laughs> it keep it yeah. kept getting pushed back some sort Finally of pandemic here. or something what an excuse <laughs> um so tim will you pre-order day one sale or never this game uh well it's coming to game pass so i'm gonna i'm gonna play yes. day one <laughs> so it's like oh, oh. I <laughs> yeah does that count as pre-order? <laughs> uh, you know what? Sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm bought in already. Yeah, whenever the, <laughs> the preload goes goes uh, live, right? Yeah. What's funny is I own Xbox Game Pass as well, but I will probably never this game, uh, which is unfortunate <laughs> for me. But it is a genre. It is a genre conflict. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the game's fault. It is definitely a genre conflict. It's not um, your fault, Halo. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault, Halo. John Halo. <laughs> um, so yeah, Halo Infinite, exciting. Uh comes out on well, it's already out now, the multiplayer aspect, and then which is free to play, which I've heard. It's pretty cool. And then the campaign version you have to buy comes out in five days, December eighth. So yeah. look forward to that. Wild. So, moving on to the platform wars of this episode is the Battlefield franchise undergoes a major shakeup. So, I guess, as, uh, as I've been learning recently, there is a lot of controversy over what EA wants to do with Battlefield because Battlefield 2042 didn't go as well as they thought or kinda, as they imagined it warm. Yeah. It, um, it's such a weird situation because I feel like this has been the ongoing problems of Bungie for the last like th- or Bungie uh, I got Halo on the brain. Dice. It's the ongoing trials and tribulations of Dice for the past like three battlefields where it's like Dice much like a lot of other EA-owned companies like BioWare uh, seems to be just like a constant struggle of the old studio ain't doing it anymore, but because they're the old main studio, they get all the big projects and all the support studios have to clean up the mess right? make the stuff people like, which is, you know, oh, look, weird, weird, it's happening again. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the complaints about Battlefield 2042, as far as I've read, I haven't played it yet. Has been like there are a lot of not uh, not just quality of life features, but just gameplay features that aren't present that were present in like prior entries. Well, it's weird because every Battlefield game outside of like three and four have different core features. So part of these are like stuff that people liked in Battlefield Five, or stuff that some people liked in Battlefield Five, not making it over. To 2042, like the enhancing, like the uh, incredible refocusing on intensive teamwork. For example, there are lots of systems that supported that, and like some some stuff around that. But like, it's weird to read that because the people want that stuff. Because when Battlefield Five was out, this was all stuff that people complained about, like loudly and all over the internet. If you looked up Battlefield Five outside of people complaining mm. about. A battlefield game not being a historical reenactment for these fucking Nazi <laughs> yeah. sympathizers. I remember that. Battlefield 5 was oh, the game where yeah. people complained about the gameplay changes that were different from Battlefield 1, yeah. which 
people complain about Battlefield 1 because it doesn't feel like World War 1 at all. Everyone's got an automatic weapon. Why are there black German characters and like just garbage like that? Yeah. Whereas Battlefield 5 comes out and all of a sudden Battlefield 1 is like, holy shit, guys, the atmosphere in Battlefield 1 was incredible. Oh, so, so much so like, like World the, like, War 1. Uh, Battlefield like the Wind 5. Waker effect. Battlefield 5 yeah. doesn't feel like World <laughs> yeah. War 2 anymore. And it's like, guys, part of that is just I think a lot of people have a vision in their head of when it comes to World War 2 media of it looking like um, saving Private Ryan. So it's like, yeah. you know, desaturated and quasi sepia tones you know whereas like right. like no if you're fighting in fields of eastern france in the middle of summer <laughs> it's gonna look like the you know what france looks like in summer it's gonna be colorful it's gonna be greens and yellows it's you know it's europe it's pretty so g- given all that um the question I have still, so as part of Platform Wars, I mean, the reason why we're talking about Battlefield sort of struggling and trying to fix itself is its main competitor has always been Call of Duty. It's always been mm-hmm. sort of Battlefield versus Call of Duty. And since I'm not super familiar, is did Call of Duty do well? The most also lukewarm. Did it do better? Yeah, I, think, I think Call yeah, of Duty I, yeah. Vanguard people aren't super pleased with. And I think today... Uh, the studio, one of the three studios, Sledgehammer or Raven Games, just announced that they mm. started like laying off like hundreds of QA people, despite the game making like one point seven something billion dollars. Uh, well, that's what you so do. Like, I mean, yeah. QA people are <laughs> useless. I think I was gotta, reading gotta, a thing. I was reading a thing where they're they're uh, talking to all the people individually if they're going to keep their job, and some of them don't have their meeting scheduled till next week. So have fun this weekend, guys. Uh, well, don't fire like, people on a Friday. In, in Battlefield, yeah, in Battlefield's case, it's like this weird thing of. It seems like no matter what they do, the initial response is always super negative. And in Battlefield twenty forty two case, there are problems. Like it launched fairly buggy, but not unplayably buggy. In a lot of cases, like the the low watermark uh, is always going to be Battlefield four, which was just like quite literally unplayable for days. And I don't mean that in a figuratively literal. I mean, like, no, literally their servers just, like, could not handle more than a few dozen people trying to connect with a single game at once. And, like, you know, playing Battlefield 2042, going into it, having read some of the initial response, I was, as somebody who's a Battlefield fan, was like, oh, boy, this thing's coming in hot. And, like, my expectations were lowered because of the reaction. And playing it, I'm like, this is a perfectly (laughs) fine... Maybe for the best... I'm like, this is a perfectly fine battlefield. I'm having fun with it. Like, and reading some of the response is nuts to me. It is so You're having fun hyper- wrong. It is so hyperbolic yeah, you that doing? you can't have a discussion. It's features are missing. And it's like, well, those, if they're not, if they're not features, if they're features that change game to game and they're not in one to the next, it's like, it doesn't mean they're necessarily missing, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it means so, I didn't when did, want them when did this come out? Like uh, was, this, was three it last weeks week? Ago? Three weeks ago? Yeah. So I don't, I don't think, I don't think this. Sh- I think the shakeup was in like in the works. I don't think this yeah, is a this response is, to anything. This is the type of stuff that's been ongoing at Dice for a while. I think mostly because there, I think a lot of these people have been there forever. <laughs> they're saying well, they're gonna, they're creating a, a battlefield universe, which I don't think anyone asked for. They've been doing um, that or talking about trying that for a while. They've they've tried versions of let's make battlefield spinoffs and other smaller battlefield projects. 
because nothing uh, nothing about Battlefield jumps out to me like uh, you know story. I guess. I imagine it would be a Battlefield universe in the way Call of Duty has become a universe where there's a one ongoing updated thing, which in Call of Duty's case is the Battle Royale mode, and the um, and then other games come out that like expand that, but you can always just keep playing the thing that's continually going. Mm. I mean, that's my guess. They might just be trying to make, like, hey, what if we make smaller battlefields? I don't know. I mean, that's what Call of Duty does, right, with Black Ops and all their other weird spinoffs. But uh, aside from that, I I was going to just say, I I think Rough Launch might not necessarily speak to how it was received purely, as well as it could have just been the development cycle. Um, I think all of these big AAA games... Go ahead. There's there's been some scuttlebutt that like this game was underdeveloped as a standalone BR for ba- battle royale game for a while and then got reconfigured. Yeah, I heard into, rumors about that. But like I've never read anything that makes those rumors feel like they're more than just like forum rumors that some guy you know posted and they just kind of perpetuated because people love the negative death spiral on the internet, right? Yeah. You like to watch things crash. But at the end of the day, like the the like. The lead designer, I think, left last week of DICE. This week, the, like, GM is leaving the company. The head of Respawn is just, like, taking over DICE, which is wild. Because, like, that man's busy. <laughs> Vince yeah, is busy. I mean, He's doing so many things now. I, I think there's a lot of... None of them are Titanfall. ...idea of, of these developers that get older... Um, falling off of these kind of companies and this this structure and this um, this yeah, general know. push that they do of like you need to make things in this speed and this whatever and this burnout and then you make a game that's not even like beloved by fans it's just yeah, it's, one more entry it's like <laughs> you know? three it's like three initial it's like three games in a row from so Battlefield 1 had a huge launch because of uh, like the Seven Nation Army soundtrack backed trailer and it was like holy shit they're doing this thing it was like a huge launch so that probably helped and was like wildly successful that probably helped drown out all of that initial online whinging that always accompanies a game launch so when Battlefield 5 starts coming out in that first trailer and the online reaction is so immediately negative it probably like there's probably you know a lot of people always on the fence for the yearly shooter game. And they're just like, yeah, we'll skip this one. And so the proportion of dissatisfied fans just keeps getting louder, which means the reception keeps getting worse. So like, this is the sort of, again, like the negative death spiral that is self-perpetuating in a lot of ways for game studios where it's like, we can't do anything mm-hmm. to fix it. We can't do the things we want to do in the game because it makes the fans mad. And then the game doesn't sell and we're a studio based in Sweden when literally everybody else making this game with us is in the United States or in Canada. Yep. <laughs> Maybe it's time yep. to shift away from the studio because the studio that's been making it has had three games in a row that have had varying levels of wildly different levels of success. Right. So anyways, I, I mean, it does sound like Battlefield is in 
transition. (laughs) I think all of these games are in transition. Call of Duty, Battlefield. I think these games are going to realize they can't just continue to make something forever and there's going to be some shakeup. Like Maybe. even Call even of um, Duty, Call of Duty still sold a ton, even if people don't really like it. Call of Duty has always been able to do that, which has been the problem yeah. with that franchise, where it doesn't matter what game they make. Battlefield's never I, had yeah. that level of infinite support. I mean, maybe that's true too. I just, I do think that that's still just a time to decay that is yeah. occurring across oh, yeah. the industry with all the AAA titles. I mean, people have been really talking about the uh, Grand Theft Auto sort of disaster piece <laughs> that happened. Oh God, yeah. Uh, people have been talking about Activision's ongoing ridiculous doubling and tripling down on their own harassment lawsuit. Um, people have been talking about uh, Bethesda and, you know, we talked about it here and Skyrim's infinitely mm-hmm. chasing <laughs> the same game release forever. So, you know, I do think there's all these AAA studios that are just sort of like crumbling under their own prestige in a way. And like yeah. the developers have to live up to an expectation that's not only unfair, but like, you know, <laughs> like if you uh, want us to live up to this expectation, impossible. we'll see you in 10 years with Elder Scrolls six, yeah. right? Like <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. what it'll take. Please you know please understand (laughs) and then that's the other thing is like the risk involved with chasing new ips is so high that like that's why you never see because the the expectation for for standard and quality is like impossibly high oh thank god for indies uh, thank god for amazon game studios am i right oh yeah yeah new (laughs) world is really just um (laughs) another day another bug Apparently, yeah, another all you day, need another econ- <laughs> an, another day, another economy reset. Yep. You just need to be backed, but with Amazon money, and you can do whatever you want. Apparently <laughs> it not. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, and then the last piece of platform news here is just that Sony is apparently attempting to build their own Game Pass competitor, which is dumb to me as a as a as a blurb on its own because Sony already did this like months ago. Like this is an ongoing, yeah, <laughs> they're making this their own like game pass. Specifically repeat this story. Is, <laughs> specifically. This is like, they're working on a system. This is according to uh, Bloomberg, uh, a service codenamed Spartacus, which will basically, you know, it'll be much like game passes now, where it'll be a monthly fee that will combine uh, PlayStation plus and PlayStation now into one service which frankly you guys remember playstation now (laughs) no i've only seen it on my ps5 thing because i went to i heard that i got games with playstation plus and then i clicked it and then i got to playstation now somehow and i was really confused please (laughs) recognize playstation now playstation this please remember me the the genesis of this seemed to be the right hand finally started talking to the left hand at Sony about this. And they're like, wait, shit, why don't we bundle these? And then also add, apparently, and this is, again, according to documentation reviewed by Bloomberg, there's going to be a three-tiered service. The first is PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now. The second tier will include a large catalog of PlayStation 4 and eventually PlayStation 5 games, like Game Pass Now currently does. Then a third tier, which would add quote, extended demos, game streaming, and a library of classic PS1, PS2, PS3, and PSP games. 
PSP is, games you know, is pretty cool, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's a hard legit- console to get. <laughs> I mean, it was until emulation for it got extremely good extremely quickly, precisely because it was such a pain yes. in the ass to play PSP games. <laughs> But that's it. Uh, that's my point. Like, it's yeah. a huge pain in the ass to play PSP games legitimately. <laughs> yeah. And like, good luck finding one with batteries that haven't swollen and become useless. I did dig guys- mine out of the. I did dig mine out of the closet like a couple of years ago because I'm like, I need to check to make sure this battery doesn't explode under a pile of clothes you, or something. Would you guys subscribe to this? <laughs> yes, hundred percent. Depends on what games really? are. You, did, you, you sounded super cold on it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I am already subscribed to PlayStation's online service just to play the two free games a month I get. <laughs> so this already, can only be better. Pretty invested. Yeah, I mean that. To be fair, that's the type of um, like thinking that was like, okay, if I play one game every like three months on Game Pass, I've paid for it, right? So it's like, yeah, yeah if it's pays for itself. Yeah, if it's a good enough service and it includes PlayStation Plus, which you still need to play on consoles online, great. Like, yes, this is, like, such a no-brainer. It's incredible it's taken this long. I think this you will, know. like, live or die based on how willing they are to to put their first-party titles up there, like, at release. Yes. Like, So, if you get PlayStation um, online, it does come with, like, 16 games right now, and they're perennial. They don't add new ones. Like, they add two monthly whatever options or whatever they're usually terrible the monthly ones but the 16 perennial games include ghost of tsushima uh no sorry not ghost of tsushima i lied it includes god of war 4 which was a great game to pick up so if they include things like god of war 4 i feel like it's totally worth it you're telling me that godfall is a is a bad game (laughs) i i might be for free for free Okay. Yeah, uh, I mean, they, I feel like they have to because that's the expectation, right? Like Sony stuff will be on there. Yeah. Like if it is, I, I mean, it's like but... a weird and like there's emissions. That's a problem. And I mean, uh, personally, I, I mean, like if the PS3 oh god, mortal is, shells on here. Oh no. Oh god, this is ruined. If they had PS3 stuff and it's good, like that's worthwhile because like that's the whole problem if it's like all their if it's you know a library of classic ps1 ps2 ps3 and psp games it's not exactly instill me with confidence looking at what a library of nintendo games is on the switch online <laughs> but hey who knows maybe Tim, you look so uncomfortable right. <laughs> with your cat uh, crawling on me oh, yeah. is that wrong what does it want? it's just a cat to come down what does it want from me it wants to show us its butt. That's <laughs> yeah. all cats ever want to do. Uh, that's funny. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure what tier I would pay for. I don't know how expensive the the classic version will be. I'm also more. I've always been wary of the idea of streamed games. Um, I don't like the idea of input delay and stuff like that so if like the ps1 through psp games are specifically streamed um because it's part of that tier it sounds like that may be the case i don't know um i i'm i'd probably be less interested um but as far as ps4 and ps5 titles go i do think that there are a lot of ps4 titles that i never played it would enjoy playing them again or 
or playing them for the first time and then a couple I've enjoyed playing again. Yeah. It's it's a no-brainer service to exist. Yeah, Tim. Watch, watch them fuck this up. <laughs> no-brainer. I mean, that's what's, that's I mean, what's I, worrying, right? They're not Nintendo. <laughs> How could they fuck okay. it up? Fair enough. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think I think I'd buy into this. I I like I like messing around with uh with uh cloud streaming. Yeah. Uh all right, so moving on to some of our last sections here. We're going to talk about Roundtable and talk about games that we've played recently. Uh, I did want to start with one game that all three of us have played uh, to varying degrees. Final I Fantasy I don't know if 14. any of us have... Oh. <laughs> mm, no, close. Almost. I don't know if any of us have finished it. Uh, I did not. Uh, Daniel might have. I but think we're I have in the yet. same spot if we haven't... I'm uh, very diverged. close to the end. I'm not even close. I made the, uh, there's one final choice in the game that you can make, and I made okay, that choice. Okay, yeah, so I, I, I know where you are. I'm game. right behind you. Okay. I um, made the choice and then died and forgot to save. <laughs> <laughs> so. so the game we're talking about is Shin Megami Tensei 5. Tensei. Tensei. 5. The long-awaited digital demon game. We talked about it a lot on this podcast when it was announced in the uh, Nintendo Direct. Or not even announced, when it was last shown in the Nintendo Direct. Um, and I had never played Shin Megami Tensei ever. And uh, I didn't know anything about them. I didn't even play any of the Persona games. Uh, I did know a lot about the Persona games because I've watched them. And they were really Persona 5 was really popular, but I never played it. I saw a streamer playing Shin Megami Tensei just for like an hour because it was a sponsored stream. And... It just looked so cool uh, mm-hmm. because I love mythology and it started having all these like myth- mythological creatures and it was just like, oh wait, this is just Pokemon in post-apocalyptic Tokyo. That yes. sounds fun. And so I <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm in, I'm sold. And uh, days, that's exactly what the game is. Yeah, it is these days, what it, it says on the tin. Uh, these days it definitely leans way harder towards Pokemon than it ever has. I think to its benefit, yes. but originally, like speaking of myth mythological creatures, like the first game was about uh, Thor in disguise as like an American general nuking Japan in oh order to bring about the end of human civilization, and that happens in the opening like forty five minutes of the game. It's great. <laughs> That so this series like, uh, is all. This series has always been some version of the apocalypse happens. Demons are here. Uh, go kill go, God. Yeah, go kill God. Quite literally, go <laughs> Every kill time. the Christian Creator God. <laughs> I would like properly, to take this properly moment. four letter initialized as Yahweh. I would like to take this moment to mention that the story of the game is bad <laughs> and the dialogue Barely of the game. There. The, the story the dialogue the of the game yeah. is also bad. It's it's a <laughs> beautiful is, story yeah, it's, of a man touching um uh, a child or a, a boy <laughs> and then they a high school student and then they enter each other and become one. Yes. Yep. <laughs> to be fair, I get right. where you're coming right. from. I get where you're coming from with the story thing, but for me, it's like, oh, this is completely par for the course because this is what they're all very story light. They are entirely built yeah. on a setup and a premise, 
and then some light nudging to get you through the incredible environment design and the amazing mood. It's this is a mood game. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Oh yeah, I mean, much like it's it's the mythologies it's, it's ex- yeah. that it borrows from. It's a lot like the tales of Hercules, right? Yes. Like it's just, and then Hercules fought a lion and skinned it and wore its pelt. And you're like, why? <laughs> why? Yeah. Cause God told him to. And Don't you're worry like, about it. Checks it's out. Like, it's and this exactly game is story. exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what put me off. I'm not going to lie. I was, That's, I mean, a totally fair criticism of the game. It's just, I, I appreciate the game doesn't try to be anything more than that. Like it knows exactly what it is. And then it was like, we're not even going to hire a story writer. The programmer is going to write the story. They've got <laughs> it. What we're going to do is just like, they don't even make a ton of 3d models. <laughs> like they don't even go in super hard on like having characters like, exposit at you or like I'm gonna sit here and explain to you why God's great it's like you maybe get two sentences of that and then you just move on you you guys are like towards the end I'm like 10 hours and I just I'm I'm like past the first area and I still don't entirely know who's doing what and why you don't Um, really know until about the second area yeah okay part way into the second area is when like Does the it story really happens. I mean, it's set up. It's again, it's entirely okay. set up for having you go through the post for Demon Pokemon Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. There's one key element of the entire story that is the setting. So the game starts and it doesn't tell you why you are where why you are where you are. It doesn't tell you at all. But there is a point in the second chapter or second act or whatever you want to call it where it does explain, oh, by the way, without, I don't know, I don't even think it's a spoiler. Tokyo isn't real and it's a disintegrating. So you should know that. And we have feelings about that. So here's Here's what we gotta do. And and, and and that's how the rest of the game plays And in classic Shin Megami Tensei set up the reasons the feelings they have about the situation are some people think it would be great if it fell apart and everybody could just do what they wanted other people think yeah. it would be great if uh things went back to being the way they were when things were fresh and new and fake and law and order ruled the land then other people are and, like and hey both of these guys want are idiots. Them both to fuck off yeah basically and so, therefore, you get your uh, your order, your law, your chaos, and your neutral routes, and your yep. law, your law, your chaos, and your neutral supporting characters. <laughs> yep. And oh my god! And the law supporting though. character is the worst. Uh, I mean, in, they, in high school, you guys had your law, your neutral, and your chaos friends, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, absolutely. That's true. The Just like real life. <laughs> I think it's so funny that this is a, like the way this was set up way back in the very first game, which I obviously didn't play at release because it was the 80s and also only in Japan. But playing it after playing uh, Shimogami Tensei 3, I was like, oh, there's a ROM hack for this in English. I should go play the Super Nintendo one. The opening to that game is a dream sequence where you literally meet and name the three law or law chaos and neutral like uh, sidekick characters and they're all just like the default name is law neutral chaos <laughs> well, I mean, that, like, that this, makes it this, pretty clear then this game series has always been explicitly very blunt which I love and uh, who needs nuance 
Well, yep. the nuance, it turns out, can exist entirely in, like, the strategery around JRPG combat. Which, boy. Yeah, so... I- I did want to shift over to that because so I, I mean I'm ragging on the story and the themes but like I really do think the strength of its theming and stories is just that it is nonsense and not nonsense in like a anime way but nonsense in a mythology way which I appreciate a lot more and you might be like well, what's the difference but you compare like Goku versus Vegeta and this endless dialogue of like I'm powering up and I fight for my friends and all the other anime tropes right but this avoids all of that you don't care about friends you don't care about powering up it's literally not even you you don't have any dialogue at all as the main character <laughs> all that drives you forward is that like you're angry at god <laughs> like yep and that's it it's it's, it's like survive the apocalypse go go you could be kratos the apocalypse yeah this, this could be god of war it would be the same <laughs> be the same story you i know? was um, i was super surprised gameplay wise when the game starts and you get off the overhead map of tokyo and you end up in the open world because uh i didn't know this oh game that was, was weird open- I didn't know this game was an open world game going into it. I thought this would be like normally in the previous games, it's like a small area. Like you go to it from that overhead map that they use uh, as like a between chapters thing. You'd go into an area and be like, oh, here's an area to explore. And then you would, you know, wander around Tokyo in that overhead map and go into a mall. Oh, smaller smaller sections. Yeah, it was like a maze. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's like fuck you here's all of like uh electric town (laughs) it's like an open world thing that because it's open is so oppressive like you're just in there for so long in these environments it's incredible how just like overbearing it feels one of the things i do want to talk about the map design um so this game has four main acts and each act is a giant zone, much like Daniel's describing. One of the cool things about the game as you progress through it is it increases in difficulty, right? Like most games would. This game actually has the maps themselves increase in difficulty, yes. which I've never really seen before in a JRPG. Usually you, mean like you navigation? Yes, they get get harder and harder to navigate each new zone you go into. (laughs) The encounters, there are are a couple of these maps where it's like you turn a corner down at like a horrible destroyed street and it's just like, here's just a wall of enemies and it's like, fucking, I guess I'm not going down this street right now. I'll take this weird overpass on the side. In the very first zone there is a path that it drives you forward towards and it's kind of straight almost from the beginning to the end. And you really don't curve that much in the second map. You spiral out. You have to do a spiral (laughs) to get all the way through the map. In the third map, you have to like zigzag across the whole thing. And then there's just these giant walls. And the fourth one is just completely open. You it it plops you yes. in the middle. In the middle. And then you can go in all directions. <laughs> and some of those and directions wild. are way scarier than others and you won't know that. And like that area felt yes. very classic SMT of just like I shouldn't be here. These le- these enemies yes. are level 72. <laughs> I should not be here. Yes. Oh, I wish so, I liked the game more. I know cuz 
what like i love the combat and everything but honestly the whole like map exploration aspect of the game has been pretty cool just because these four chapters like i said like the four main maps they really do get harder as you move through them which again i've just i've never seen a game do that before it was very very interesting to me uh and then there's these little collectible characters you can find hidden all throughout the map which you know just is a small reward for exploring so even if you do get lost you can find treasure chests and these memes so like i love that aspect too it's like i never felt like ah another dead end i'm now i gotta backtrack forever it's more like oh a dead end i bet there's a meme in here yep there was so at least you know especially because unlike unlike previous games this way this game is just you have your save areas and they're kind of all over and you can teleport and you eventually get to just be able to teleport back to your last one whenever you want yeah and your save areas are also healing stations which is like two things that this game this game series has never had before easy access to safety <laughs> like this has not been a game series mm-hmm. where that's where like safe areas are necessarily abundant it's been like and even okay, then, out like of it's- combat it still doesn't help. You might you can enter a battle <laughs> and just get wiped immediately. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. This is although I will say even that is gotten progressively less rough over the series. Like even in Shimagami Tensei four, the every game they tend to tweak certain resistances that monsters ha- demons have and like what demons are available at what point. It's mostly the same, but they always swap that and it's gotten more forgiving as time's gone on because more people are coming to it from persona which is where they dumped their easy stuff out of shin megami tensei at first they're like no persona can have all this weird stuff we're experimenting with and then we'll bring it back into smt and make it harder and now they're just like actually i think we hit on something real good when we moved it over to persona let's just keep that <laughs> so it's been you know there are definitely still encounters where just like Oh, I get just like essentially stun locked and die, and because this game doesn't auto save for hope you save. some reason. Hope you saved recently. But uh outside of those things happening, it's you know, if oh I don't want to be in this encounter smoke bomb. That like those are cheap and fairly abundant. It's like it's surprising to me as somebody who's played this game forever, how this game can still both be challenging and also like way more forgiving than it was before. It's it's interesting to poke at and from that aspect so since we started talking about combat a bit um i i do want to talk about combat i don't want to go too too much into it just because i feel like i have a weird take on it in that i love card games and jrpgs and strategy and all that stuff and so i've been playing the game on hard mode i played it on hard mode from the beginning uh and I haven't changed it. I haven't changed the difficulty once the whole game. Um, hard mode is interesting. I, I haven't, I've been looking around online to trigger, find a figure out what hard mode actually does. I, I still am not 100% sure. I've heard just, it just makes you deal less damage yeah. and makes enemies deal more damage. Um, and I think I that's think the only impact. If it's like previous games, it's somewhere around a 15 or 20% damage swing. Yeah. And, and um, each step at the is beginning, about that. there was a couple bosses in the beginning that made it like kind of a, like a little bit hard, but I was never, I never felt blocked or stopped or any point where I felt like I had to like 
abuse levels over the boss. Almost every single boss in the game I fought, I was within five levels of. Uh, usually I was uh, a little above by two levels and a couple bosses I fought five levels below and I still beat them. And it's really just because the game gives you systems that you can abuse in a way that like is amazing and makes you feel great when it works out like status effects mm-hmm. are extremely powerful uh null effects all the f- all the all the blockers that you can just buy from the store mm-hmm. like the game expects you to have that is three of, of all ways, of them always <laughs> the, the items in general is one of the ways this game has gotten way more forgiving that stuff used to be super yeah. hard to get and i think most of the time it was like um if you found it it was like the physical or magic mirrors where it was like a single target reflect and not a full party element block because most like if you save those for when a boss is doing their like critical hit turn most of them have like a unique skill that is one element and it's like okay well before they do that i just pop this and their turn's over because they attack us and get blocked it's uh it's true to the spirit yeah, of the game, exactly. except you've never had access that level of access to those tools before. And it felt balanced in hard mode because you only had access to three of them. And bosses yeah, you only, in hard you mode only get three seem to have... A, well, my point being just that yeah. hard mode bosses seem to have an absurd amount of health. Like every yes. boss fight took me like, I don't know, four to five minutes of just... <laughs> going through my rounds over and over and over again just because i felt like i didn't do that much damage but the balance part of it was like you have to boost your damage to a point that you don't take longer than three you know magasuhi cycles or whatever their critical hit thing is because if you do then you'll die um so you know you couldn't spam them you had to use them strategically whenever the enemy wanted to do its critical stuff um the scariest enemies were the ones that didn't need their critical buff and they would just destroy you anyway um the scariest enemy in the game where you're thankful that this game puts save points between before like immediately before every major boss fight and the the the, your npc friend warns you every single time there's a boss fight he goes hey if you take three steps forward, you're yeah, going to get in a boss fight. And you're like, uh, literally three steps away. There's a Hydra, the size of the millennium tower in Tokyo. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful, like, just, bro. just so you know, uh, the hardest boss for me was this, um, <laughs> this one dude who has a katana and he was in the third zone and oh, you mean M. he's Bison. just like, I'm, I'm going to challenge you. Yeah, M. Bison. M. Bison challenges you to a duel, and he comes out of nowhere just doing absurd amounts of damage. And I was like, what is happening? Because um, he was definitely like way above everyone else at that point. Uh, but I altered the things I had to be more physical resistant. I altered my strategy. I used more of the physical dampeners. And I beat him. So it was just, it was such a rewarding moment. And the game has these moments all the time where it's like, okay, I lost the fight. That's fine. Now I know what I'm up against. Let me strategize and plan and make my little adjustments, you know? And then I fight him again and I win. And the game always has that rewarding loop. And that's why it encourages you to like swap out your party and, you know, try different things. Yeah, like you really cycling. don't want to statically stay with your Pokemon. <laughs> demon pokemon they give you way more like status boost items for your demons than any other game which is like great because it does mean that if you eventually do essentially breed up a demon that is just busted (laughs) you can keep them around because 
normally like you're absolutely supposed to cycle through your party like constantly have almost constant churn uh because the game is constantly giving you because demons have terrible stat scaling and stat growth and they take forever to level up like they need way more xp than you do to level so it's like you constantly want to be replacing Mm -hmm. them but the game is giving you like all the time new better versions of that demon so you're better like hey this guy has the same stuff he's the same archetype but he adds a resistance and now you have that extra tool to apply to battles and like it's such a good system i love this series so much (laughs) yeah it's very good i i don't want to go on about it forever because i think we should move on i just Mm -hmm. think uh tim it's I totally under I understand anyone that falls out of it. Yeah. I feel like it's not a very forgiving game. And I feel like uh it's something that's there for people to come back to in time. And I think it's Yeah, I mean I'm I'm probably gonna take another crack at it. It's just put it on easy. Um like easy still a lot of yeah, no, that's that's my plan. Um yeah, I just find a lot some... of a lot of it is like kind of I don't know, it feels weirdly tedious to me. And mm-hmm. I don't think I, that's necessarily I, I that the game's like... fault. Um, I mean, I get I get some of that feeling too, especially towards the back third of whatever area I'm in, because you're just in there for so long, and it's not. <laughs> and oftentimes, it's not clear how far along you are, or like, is it okay to take a break here? Because like the game doesn't be like you know. In previous games, you'd finish an area with a boss or whatever. Now it's like okay, time to go explore the Tokyo Overworld, go to shops and buy new weapons and equipment for my main character. And other stuff that isn't in this game, like the piercing element is just completely gone now, which is I think weird. I think a lot of it was um trying to and I think I, I, I brought this point up in, in like um in one of our threads is is that as like with bosses or even any enemy, uh you're kind of taking a crack, like a wild swing at what the weaknesses and eyeglasses spy glasses i know i know you can do that but if you're if you're going into a battle and you don't like know yeah. um then one your party comp might be totally just suboptimal for fighting mm-hmm. that 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 boss or that enemy and if it's suboptimal to start with i mean you have your option of like swapping them out uh if you have demons that um have those those attacks that they're weak to uh if you don't uh, you have to go make them, and I just feel like it could. For me personally, I would like a little more direction on where things are going. Um, I think the best example of that was like, like the first boss you fight. They tell you what it's gonna do. Yep. They're yeah. like, yeah. They're like, hey, it uses fire, and it uses dark. So, hey, just a heads up, and <laughs> so you you know what to prepare for. And I was just kind of hoping like moving forward. And I don't. It might. Uh, like moving forward. Uh, okay, cool. Because um, <laughs> I feel like just giving you, like cluing you in to what you're about to have to like deal with, I, I feel like is more um, respectful of my time. Right. Yeah, I mean, That's to fair. me, it gets to the, the Final Fantasy thing where it's like, you know, you play a Final Fantasy villain and they do something crazy and there's no way you could have known it was going to happen. So, like, you just JRPG expectation of, like, I'll pro this is my exploratory attempt. I have no, the, I have no attachment and no stakes to this. Yeah, that's, that's like probably my whole problem with it is yeah, that I feel like yeah. we can, we, we can move past that. 
as far as, <laughs> to be fair, as, far to as be gameplay. Fair, this, game, this game is much better about that than even the previous game in this series. Yeah, it does sound like there are a lot more options to sort of like, like you know, the items pick it up like mid-battle. Yeah, like the items especially because most enemies, most bosses have one element. So and you eventually just end up stocked with so many of the dampeners that it's just like okay I'm gonna spyglass with my first guy, I'm gonna yeah. pass a turn or swap a demon with the second guy or third guy to get the party right and those only, that only takes half a turn if you swap, which is great. So like then your main guy comes up and you pop a dampener and then you basically start the battle fresh from that point. Yes, um, true. Also, uh. I don't know when you unlock it, but once you eventually unlock the ability to learn the miracle for all your demons can use items, things just break yeah. wide open. Nothing ever becomes That's a when the game finally becomes real to oh, me okay. too. Like yeah. the the strategy of the game is dumb as hell uh until that point and it takes yeah. Also, my I'll one say, complaint with uh, the game is that that does not start with that cuz there is yes. no reason in my mind why the game well, doesn't just start with that. Yeah, what the hell? The, the reason the game doesn't start like that is because the games don't start like that. <laughs> they want you to suffer first. Ooh. No, you that's stupid. Look, you used to you used to not even get um So <laughs> it's funny how like in this game moon phases sort of affect demon conversations. Uh in that like sometimes they're impossible and sometimes they're very easy. In previous games like that was just like I better talk to this demon at three-eighths moon, otherwise it won't even talk to me. Or, oh, I need to learn this game's equivalent of a miracle to talk to the f entire foul demon family because they speak in gibberish. And you see that in this game where it just it auto-translates that, and I think there's some demon you can talk to that mentions, like, oh, people, nor humans normally need a program to talk to me, uh, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, also... Uh, this game absolutely loves buffs and debuffs on enemies, so get those yeah. set up at like the start of every fight. Just like everybody on my team is more defense, then the enemy has one stage lower attack, and keep those rolling because they're busted good. You you'll yeah. never feel more overpowered than using I think, buff skills and debuffs and shit. I think I think the the most uh, analogous um, experience I can I can put this to is is like I. It's it's also why I fall off Monster Hunter games so hard is because mm. there's it feels yeah, like there's a lot work. of prep work. Yeah. I feel like I don't once appreciate you get, that. This is a game where once you get your prep work rolling, it'll just keep rolling for the entire game because you're carrying forward all your demon skills whenever you fuse. So it's like, okay, I you need do, I'm I'm mm -hmm. upgrading my buff bot. Time to move my buffs onto a new frame, basically. <laughs> To be super clear, one of the other cool things about this game is that you eventually do reach a party that is so all-purpose, you can just do that for every situation. And I did reach that point by the end of Act 3, and like Act 1 was the most I had to yes. like really play on Act you know, things, weaknesses, and all of that. Because of this, because of being able to carry forward your party's abilities, the actual things that are useful, Act 1 in Shimagai Tensei is always the hardest act. Because you just don't have tools. Mm -hmm. You don't have enough tools. They're not concentrated yeah. enough. And once you start working through that, it's like the game gets easier <laughs> as it goes on as you get stronger. So I, I feel like we spent a ton of time talking about this. I don't yeah. think we have enough time to get to the other games um, oh, yeah. on our list this time. We could, we could talk about them in the future. But did you enjoy it? Will you finish it? Recommend it. Tim, where are you at? Will you finish it? 
mm. ever. It's a long game. I'm like 60 hours in. Oh, fuck, dude. Oh, shit, man. <laughs> so the games. To be fair, I'm like 40 <laughs> hours in and I'm in about the same spot he is because I'm playing on normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take another crack at it. No guarantees. All right. Turn it down Would to you, easy. Uh, easy isn't... I mean, easy is easy, but it's not like brain dead, right? You still have to like. Yeah, there's care. an easier than easy too, yeah, isn't there? Safety yeah, baby difficulty. Mode. If you want to literally just auto combat every single fight and auto attack bosses to death in one round, put it on safety. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's incredible. That's the mode for me. It's fighting a boss twenty levels higher than you and having it attack you with strongest level spells in the game for forty damage. You can even fight the super bosses on safety, which I heard is yeah. pretty fun, pretty funny. And they're not hard, apparently, on safety. Wouldn't you go? No, it's um, it's great. Daniel, would you I'm recommend gonna it? Probably you enjoy it. Whenever FF14 lets me go, uh, I'll get back to finishing SMT5. Because I'm I'm right where you are. Too. I'm like right at the end of the game-ish. I think I, yeah, like whatever, like taking a wild guess, there's not that much time left after that spot in the game. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm also I, I don't just think there glad is. that going from uh, Castle of Red and Black to uh, Fields of White is uh, mostly over at this point because it gets kind of hard on the eyes after a few hours. Nothing's as hard as the second zone. All that red. Ugh. My eyes, I still Can't see wait. red. Um, I would say I'm adding a fourth category of rating here. So, you know, to we're trying to play with ratings here. Uh, Tim's going to finish it, maybe. <laughs> you know, maybe finish Fucking it. Fucking broke these ratings already. And uh, I, I think I'm at 100% it. Like, this is the first JRPG thing I've played in a long time that... It, if I have to do new game plus to get all the endings and like run through the whole game again, I would do that. I'm ready. So, so what if I told you each to of the routes at it again? So what if I told you, uh, the, of the, well, each of the routes from that choice, uh, unlocks a different set of demons and a different set of miracles. So if you really did want to, that's what I've heard. You're looking you at three players. Play yeah. Yeah. Yes. I've, that's one of what them, I've heard. One of them is fine. Like, I've been, I was waiting the whole game to find the miracle that let you fuse demons above your level because that's always a thing in these games. That's one of the post-game things. Normally, it's like, oh, I unlocked the miracle. I can fuse demons <laughs> one level above me. And this one, it's just like one of the routes is just like, oh, you get the miracle that lets you uh, fuse any demon any level above you. <laughs> I'm, and, I'm like really committed to making the ultimate team. I'm like, if you, I feel um, like I'm close. I want to do new it. Game, if you new game plus, you can choose to carry forward your stats and levels or just your demon compendium. So I start from level one, but have all your, I think your miracles and your demon compendium. So you can just like start a party at level one or just like start over at like level 90. I'll just start over at level 90. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. So moving on to our final section here, we wanted to try something new. And uh, Tim, why don't you walk us through how we came up with this idea and what we got so that we can give it a shot. You guys got your bracelets? You guys got your yes, bracelets, bracelets in the mail? Yes. All right, slap those, uh, don't read any, slap those bad boys on. Okay. And yep, okay. 
you press that it center button. A little. Okay, yeah? Okay, it should. Um, I think. I just think it's supposed to... Hold on, let me just... Fungineer Game Pass Game Club Compliance and Observation Bracelet Activated. Terms of Service Accepted Upon Bracelet Activation. Death or Injury Waiver Accepted Upon Bracelet Activation. Thank you for joining the Fungineer Game Pass Game Club. You will play the game. You will enjoy the game. You know, uh, I can, I can, I've, I've been known to enjoy a game or two. You guys gonna? That was ominous. Oh no, it's probably fine. Uh, uh, I'm gonna take mine off because that was. No, weird. no, I wouldn't. I don't think you. I don't think you can. Yeah, how did I put it on? There's no. There's no strap anymore. Like it's kind of like a snap. The way to bracelet. take it off is yeah, no. It's, it says you shouldn't take it off. It says you shouldn't tamper with it. It says you have to play the game for two hours or uh, else. Yeah. Where where so, did you get these? I don't know. Overstock, uh, Wish.com. I think it? I think it was Alibaba. Oh my god. What game? Anyway. We really did it this time. I'm sorry, guys. I thought it would be a fun thing to do to uh, for the new new segment of the podcast. I thought it was just Are going gonna... to be a cool like friendship bracelet, not oh. indentured servitude to Microsoft. Well, we got to play the game. So Surprise who wants to me. spin the wheel? Surprise oh me, everybody. Um, I will spin the wheel if no one else is. I like having the power. Good, because we, we basically have two soft vetoes this way because I don't like what my button gave me. <laughs> All right. So according to the bracelet, we have to play whatever comes up on Xbox Game Pass. This is not an endorsement of Xbox Game Pass because as a reminder, we are trash playing it. So really? really, you should hashtag free, free the fun cast. Uh, <laughs> Get that trending. Let's see what the let's see what I got for us. It is uh, a game I have heard of but never played. Okay. So that's interesting. Uh, I'm gonna read it backwards. Uh, Juggernaut edition. Does anyone know what that it is? Sounds vaguely familiar. Mm. Uh, it is two two colon Juggernaut edition. So it's the second <laughs> in a game. Ooh, uh, mm. I have no idea. How about Decay Two? State, oh, state of Decay, decay two? two? It we got State oh. of Decay Two. Oh, <laughs> Juggernaut oh. Edition. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Our first one we that's can not, we can play this together. That's okay. That's that's not a that's not a sports game. I <laughs> I know nothing about this game. I think I, I, I own this already. Actually. Uh, I, the dead of risen and civilization has fallen. Not even the military could stop the zombies. It's now up to you to gather survivors, scavenge resources, and build a community of up to three of your friends in a post-apocalyptic world. Oh man, zombies are so in right now. <laughs> zombies and survival. Well, like two years ago. Building. This is from I, 2018, so I guess I zombies uh, were hot. Own, I apparently own the Ultimate Edition pre-order, which is interesting. Well, we're playing Juggernaut right. Edition now. Do I have to play this with people or I can play it by myself? Oh, you can play it. Oh, it has uh, uh, well, the bracelet there's... didn't say. Oh, God. Uh, I have friends that play this, apparently. Yep. Hmm. 
All right. So the I point don't know is, how we'll long play this I've game. played this for, but I've played it. We'll report back to you and hope that the bracelets have not killed us in between this time. I assume they don't, but who knows? Maybe I should have read the manual. Oh, well, <laughs> it sounded like you were reading it earlier when you said this is what it said. Or is that just on written on yours? <laughs> oh, okay. Before we put them on. <laughs> I've played this for three and a half hours before. Don't remember any of it. So this should be fun. <laughs> okay. I've killed 658 zombies in it and have 33 achievements. But, uh, okay. Remember. We will let you know. The What's listener. that mall uh, zombie game? Dead Rising. Uh, Dead Rising. This it is, looks like Dead this Rising. Is that, is this, like is Dead that Rising? With, this is that with uh, survivalist base building. Oh. Okay, I like base building. Uh, I'm just uh, glad I, it's not like NBA 2K, fuck you. And like go out and forage for fuel to keep your generators running. And everybody is like a randomly generated NPC with cool combinations of like traits that make them good at different things. And if they die, they die. Little Rimworldy. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll give it a shot. That's a good first. Thank you to our listeners. And I hope you join us next week when we talk about uh no the well the game awards there might be more to go on about that we talk about jeff Keighley. yeah because next week we'll be airing on the 12th and that'll be the day after the game awards so there you go so the game awards will have happened we can talk about how great they were (laughs) so enjoy your week and we'll catch back soon goodbye Thanks for listening. Bye.